0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Bear down, baby. Yes, it. Bears fans, this is Take the North. It's
0: real simple. You know, if you take a person's legs away, they can't run.
1: With your hosts, David
2: Hahn. I want to remind people, there is no award for... Coming to the conclusion fastest on a quarterback in your football city. Nobody remembers, and frankly, nobody cares.
3: And Dan Weeder Particularly in this town, we start to get the extremes trying to outshout each other, right? Those who think that he's a bust are trying to outshout those who think that he's going to be an absolute seven-time All-Pro.
1: We're going to take the North and never give it back.
2: Welcome to the Take the North podcast. David Haw, Dan Weeder here after the Bears At Soldier Field, beat Lovie Smith in the Texans, 23-20. Walk-off field goal, 30-yarder by Cairo Santos. Big game from Roquan Smith. The takeaway in the fourth quarter with Lovie Smith on the opposite sidelines. The Bears revert to Lovie Ball to get their second victory of the season. Dan, big victory or big problems because of (laughs) what we saw from the quarterback, which will mute any kind of celebration or excitement coming out of this one.
3: So listen, any victory for this young and gelling football team is one that needs to be celebrated because they need to experience success on their way up. I think we can both agree that there are major troubling signs with their passing offense and with their young quarterback right now that are glaring and they need to be addressed and we need to talk about them at length. I just think we're going to have a lot of time in November and December and January to beat up on this team when these flaws uh, you know, become so obvious that they can't compete in, in higher level games. They beat a bottom tier opponent that didn't play very well at home. So, it's not a big win by any stretch of the imagination, but I still think that this team getting a victory and finding ways to scratch and claw and lean on strengths that they know they have when their passing offense is so anemic is valuable. And so, let's see what they can do with that going forward, even as we acknowledge that Justin played poorly as he acknowledged himself.
2: Absolutely. So here we are today. We're reacting to this. We're still going to have our regular pod on Tuesday morning and again on Friday. This is a reaction pod to the game. It won't be as long as normal, but I think we want to take advantage of just our instant analysis of what we just saw, 23 to 20 victory. And, and I think, uh, first of all, Daniel, Wright right. You never apologize for a victory in the NFL. And I think that you have to weigh the lack of progress maybe from Justin Fields. That's one guy with the progress and the satisfaction level of the other 52 that Matt Abrams has to worry about. And frankly, the Chicago Bears have an obligation to. So when I asked him post-game, and you were sitting right there, about what he would say to those who might let that concern for Justin Fields and those limitations that were obvious today kind of get in the way of their excitement level or satisfaction in you know, winning a game, it's dual purposes. He had a good answer because I do think it's, he said, it's always about the football team That's the way any coach would answer that question, don't you think?
3: I do. I do. And I think it's also a defensive-minded football coach who saw his defense step up in big ways today, right? Their two takeaways are huge. The one takes points off the boards in the first half when Eddie Jackson makes that play that Kindle Vildor, you know, deflected and batted to him in the back of the end zone for an interception that takes points off of the Texans' scoreboard. And then obviously they win the game because Roquan Smith and Angelo Blackson combine on a play to set up the game-winning field goal and so when you look at the way this defense has sort of stood up in big moments through the first three weeks there's there's some things to be encouraged by there's some some reason to believe that there's growth being made on that side of the ball it's just such a familiar story for Chicago Bears fans to have to look at their game-winning quote-unquote drive before play zero yards right <laughs> and basically be as, as I wrote a sideways shuffle just to set up Cairo for the walk-off uh and so yeah I I, I mean look like Matt Eberflus has to 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 identify and highlight positives for this football team so they feel good. They're 2 and 1. David and they're they're going to New York next week to play a Giants team that is going to be on a short week after playing a Monday night football. And so the record is is positive for them right now. Now listen, we all know that that the quarterback in his own words played like the A word. <laughs> played yeah. like and trash. Then he, and then and played trash. trash. Yeah, Yeah. right. And so Justin's got to figure out what the reasons for that are. And Luke Getse's got to figure out what the reasons for that are. But there are so many moments throughout this football game where you saw a team that doesn't trust its passing offense. And because they don't trust their passing offense, they're becoming this one dimensional team that is going to run into big, big trouble when they play the big boys.
2: And the irony is amusing only because today it came against Lovey Smith, who is the best Bears coach since Mike Ditka, and he won how? He won with a defense that was opportunistic, taking the football away. He won with an approach to offense that was you get off the bus running and you run down people's throats, and he won despite his play at the quarterback position that he got for so many years. Yeah. And what did the Bears do today in front of him, and how did they beat him? They won with an opportunistic defense in the fourth quarter, getting a takeaway from Roquan Smith. They won by getting off the bus running and gaining more rushing yards, 281 since any Bears game since 1984. And they won despite Justin Fields looking like so many quarterbacks have under Lovie Smith and other Bears coaches because he was below average.
3: Yeah, and, and look, we are going to focus on the Roquan Smith interception, and justifiably so. But maybe the biggest moment in this game was after Justin's second interception on the first play of the fourth quarter, where the Texans had the ball to start their possession inside the Bears' forty, and the Bears promptly pushed them backwards and forced them to punt, thanks in part to a Justin Jones sack, and then later uh, a Nick Morrow tackle for loss, a five-yard loss on a, on a pass to the, the tight end, and all of a sudden you say, okay, that's a huge moment to bail your quarterback out and make sure that the other team doesn't score points off. His mistakes. And so that was a huge, huge play in that game. And then obviously, Roquan comes up with the huge moment. Uh, the the Angelo Blackson deflection allows that ball to flutter long enough for him to break in front of it. Thought he could score, got tackled at the 12, and then launched David. What I said was arguably the best throw by a Chicago <laughs> Bears player today into the uh, south, south end zone uh, seats up there. And Roquan said that that was uh, to all his supporters. He was throwing it to all his supporters. And it was an FU to those who don't support. So that and was somebody, Roquan's message.
2: Somebody in the south end zone said, hey, Dad, look, that's what a spiral
0: looks like. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky
2: <laughs> it right i mean yeah the best throw of the day you know i think the defense did have some players that stepped forward today after a really poor performance against the packers but it, the, it was the texans and everything has to be kind of qualified by that statement yes. but they held the texans to fewer than 100 yards rushing 92 on 24 carries Uh, They made Davis Mills turn the ball over twice with interceptions. Thought that was important. And basically, they had guys like Roquan Smith, 16 tackles, who was everywhere after being nowhere against the Packers. Eddie Jackson, Dan, I thought, really supported the run well from his free safety position, but also forced a fumble and had the big pick in the end zone. When you have an interception in the red zone like that, it can change the game. And as we saw today, they needed that. Other guys stepped forward. They didn't have the pass rush they wanted, but defensively, there were some isolated players and there was collectively an effort that you uh, that was good enough to win today.
3: Yeah, and and good enough to win today is going to be the uh, the Bears' goal, right, for, for much of the, the rest of the 2022 because that's just who they are. You know, I said going into this game that the Bears had a chance to kind of redefine how the rest of the league saw them because if you could really dismantle uh, a, another bottom tier team, maybe you move up toward the upper bottom tier. Well, I don't <laughs> think they did that today, right? I still think that they they showed that they're one of these bottom five or six teams in the league, uh, you know, pretty equally matched with the Texans team. This game, David, by the way, went almost exactly as you and I projected, I know we promised in the elevator down to the post-game locker room that we were going to gloat about this. Okay. You got you got the score correct and you predicted the late game takeaway as a tribute yes. to Lovey. And yes. I said the Bears were going to win on a walk-off Cairo Santos field goal. So maybe this is the point of the program where we let our audience know That thanks to the NFL, we had the the script to this game before the game started, which was
2: nice. It feels like pointing that out should warrant some sort of casino sponsor, right? Because if you want to roll the dice with us, (laughs) we will tell you how things are going to turn out. You get lucky every now and then, but it was good for you. The kickoff, the walk off from Carlos Santos, who had three field goals today. Don't let that get overlooked in all of this. The kicking game in that aspect was strong. And then uh, I had the takeaway from Roquan Smith where you just had this sense that Davis Mills was going to do something. And I know it got tipped, but still he was the quarterback who threw the interception and you felt like he was going to be the guy that would throw the Bears back into that game.
3: Let me just read you uh, the season statistics for Justin Fields after three weeks 23 completions, 297 yards, two touchdown passes, four interceptions. All right, we've got got a 50.0 rating, but we're at 23 completions and 297 passing yards after three games. David, it's 2022 in the NFL. This cannot continue. And it's alarming to see the amount. of difficulty that they are having throwing the football. There's protection issues. There's guys in the wrong spots. And Justin doesn't look comfortable. He didn't look comfortable from the first snap of the game today, which, oh, by the way, was a fumbled snap from Sam Mussefer on the exchange. And that entire first drive, even though the Bears squeezed three points out of it, thanks in part to Justin taking off for a 29-yard run, they just it was just choppy and disjointed and deflected passes and guys in the wrong spot. And it just the whole thing seems like it's completely discombobulated. And I don't know how they get it fixed.
2: I felt like today might have been the biggest red flag yet with Justin Fields, and I'm not saying it's insurmountable, and I certainly am not drawing a conclusion that he can't recover from this. I just mean in terms of seeing something that was the most troubling and coming away more more concerned maybe than ever about where he is in his development. Today was that day. You had a defense in a team that was among the worst in, in the NFL. We we always talk about whether or not the Bears surrounded him with enough talent or enough uh, infrastructure in the offensive line. We're not even at the point of this, that dis- where in his development where we can have that discussion because yeah. he hasn't even checked the minimum boxes. Dan, you're right. He's uncomfortable throwing
3: side screens. Right to Tristan Abner, he misses them by a, you know. It looks like Ricky Vaughn. You know, <laughs> like oh, just a bit outside. And, and and we'll get, we'll get dig more into this on, on Tuesday.
2: But but I think that. You know, until we can have that kind of progress with just the basics—complete a pass, hit a target in stride, don't throw over an open receiver—you know, that that's that's where we haven't gotten to yet. And then we can talk about what the Bears are going to do in terms of surrounding him. I I'm not going to tell you that I look at this Bears offense and see any outstanding playmaking, you know, possibilities there. You don't see special when you look at the Bears offense, but Justin Fields has to do the minimum. And so far today, he didn't even reach that low bar
3: you know, I'll rewatch this game a little bit Sunday night, a little bit more, obviously, on Monday. And I already think I know what my uh-oh moment is. And it's the the, the interception to Cole Comet. It's a first read pass to a wide open receiver. And you missed him by a country mile, right? And that's that's the stuff that tells you that there isn't command there, that there isn't comfort there. And that it's your first read, hit the top of your drop, hitch, throw, the guy's open, put it on him, right? And, and when you right. can't do that, now all of a sudden those alarm bells start going off. And now you see things like the end of the first half where they sort of go into submission mode and they don't try to score when they have the ball. You see third and 10, you know, draw plays being called because they don't trust the quarterback to throw the ball downfield because they're worried about what might happen. And so these are the the ripple effects that happen when a quarterback's not comfortable. Now, all of a sudden, your coordinator is not comfortable. Now, all of a sudden, the offense isn't comfortable. And you're going to have to try to run the ball for 300 yards to beat one of the five worst teams in the league. Right. I mean, that's where they are right now
2: and i and i understand the preoccupation with the development of a franchise quarterback the bears really never had but i do think it's going to be a weekly kind of reminder and a weekly exercise in trying to have perspective that balancing the development of your franchise quarterback with the obligation you have to try to win a game they're not tanking and look around the nfl i mean jacksonville uh, beats the Chargers today. You look around; crazy things are happening, and I'm not suggesting that for the Bears. I just think that you don't see very many examples in this league of teams that have orchestrated seasons uh, devoted to losing. Right. And 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 that's why you have to ignore all those calls for. Well, you know what? You need to put him first and do whatever it takes, even if it means you know that. That's why Luke Getze is running three running plays in a row and and a draw on third and ten. That's why he's throwing 18 passes, 17 passes today and 11 against the Packers. They're trying to win the game. And in four quarters, they're trying to do its best series by series to do that.
3: Yeah, and and, and right, and, and that's it, right? Like you're 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 completely in this mode right now, of trying to claw and scrap and fight and pull and figure out what you do best to to to. You know, I used the word escape in the locker room, and Justin Jones quickly corrected me and said, "No, listen, like don't call this an escape because that would indicate that the the Texans had this game in their hands, and 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 then we took it. You know, like we were we we escaped from that. He thought defensively they played well enough to win and made the big plays when they counted. I couldn't dispute that, and so that was a a, a good post game conversation that only happens with the locker rooms back open again. But look, like this team's got issues and they've got to solve them. And now David Montgomery's injury is worth tracking. He leaves with a a, a knee slash ankle issue. Jalen Johnson didn't play today. Seemed okay in the postgame locker room, moving around okay. I wouldn't expect that to to draw out very far. But the Montgomery injury is one we've got to keep an eye on, in particular with Khalil Herbert stepping up the way he did, right? Again, it's one of these things where you say, boy, in a contract year where David Montgomery's at, when your backup can come in and give you 150 yards on 20 rushes and two touchdowns you're in pretty good hands there
2: before we give out game balls how surprised were you that Lucas Patrick started at right guard instead of Tevin Jenkins Sam Mustafer still at center
3: I mean, they continued the rotation. I don't know what the final snap counts turned out to be. It didn't stun me uh, all that much. What's going to be really interesting to see is what happens next week. I think Lucas Patrick will be snapping the football uh, in week four. And so then the question is, is Tevin still your starting right guard then? Is he going to play a full game, you know, for the first time since last year? Uh, and, and really, you only played like one or two full games a year ago, if you go back and look at it. So we'll, we'll see where that whole thing heads, but not overly shocked that that was the, the starting lineup today
0: Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
4: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master new skill.
2: All right, this is a shortened pod because uh, it is a reaction to the victory 23 20 Bears over Texans. So we have to give away our game balls and we'll bring in Adam Studzinski Studs, who is whispering in my ear as well that the Bears now are still undefeated when Eddie Jackson has an interception, improving to 12 and 0. Good little tidbit there. Who gets your game ball? Is it Eddie?
1: So I was really tempted to give it to Eddie, but I did a week, I think I gave mine to Eddie last week and he was certainly a huge part of the win, but I think it's got to go to Roquan this week. He's the reason the bears won the game. That interception on third down in the fourth quarter with under two minutes to play is the difference in the game. And, if he wants to get that big contract that he wants to get, he's got to keep making plays like that. And this is a huge first step. I mean, in the moment after he makes that interception, I'm ready to write him a check as a Bears fan. All right, here you go. It's game-winning <laughs> interception. Here you go. Here's the check. Not obviously, that's just in the moment. He's got to do a lot more to earn it. But having a huge game like he did, you know, having the tackles for loss, being everywhere on the field, and then making the the interception that, that ends up winning the game, that's that's deserving of a game ball to me. So my game well, ball goes to Roquan Smith.
3: And don't forget, studs. Roquan did not practice all week. He was dealing with a hip injury. Oh. So to see him come out today and have a, a game-high sixteen tackles, uh, two of them for loss, including uh, you know a couple down when the when the uh, Texans were inside the five-yard line and threatening to score. Those were big game-changing plays, and that's what you want out of Roquan Smith.
2: And studs, don't go away just yet. We have to congratulate you as well for picking the Bears. I don't want to have that overstated or overlooked. It just wasn't it, as
3: close as us. I mean, yeah, yeah while well, we <laughs> I were had, both talked about had, our
1: predictions, I had them winning by a touchdown, and and said they won by a field goal like you guys were saying so I was a little yeah. too ambitious
2: so Roquan gets studs his game ball that's a pretty good choice Dan who's gets yours
3: I I gotta go to Khalil Herbert again 157 yards on the 20 carries the two touchdowns a 52 yard run in there The guy has from the the jump in week one has been running with with some power and and some some you know assertiveness with himself and that was evident today and you can feel the offensive line uh setting a tone up front Khalil riding off that, and then it just feeds both ways, right? It becomes a chicken and egg thing where they're both going so hard in the run game that you get the results, you get the results, you get the results, and Lovey's defense had no answer today.
2: You think he's a better fit potentially, or is this going to be back and forth week by week? Because David Montgomery's coming off at 122 yards against the Packers, gets hurt, three carries in, but Khalil Herbert, wow, that was impressive. Could he fit better in this offense?
3: Well, price tag would certainly make a better fit, right? If you can go use those resources elsewhere to go find a big play receiver, right? And, and and still have a guy on a rookie contract giving you that kind of production, you know, 157 yards and 20 carries, that's the modern NFL. If you can churn those guys in through your system, uh, Khalil Herbert certainly shows he can fit here. And then you just have to play that game against the entire puzzle you're trying to put
2: together. It's a good choice. I'm going to go with Eddie Jackson then because I do think that The way that he has started this season bodes well for the entire year. And it does say something about whether this is his redemption tour or whatever. But I do think you're seeing a guy responding to the change in the way that's positive. Today, he forced a fumble by being physical, by tackling the football, by being coached. Eddie Jackson reached a point the last couple of years. You wonder if he was still coachable. You wondered if because of the big contract, anybody could reach him anymore. He's being coached this year. He's reading his keys. He's breaking on running plays to the point where he's got to be careful because of how quickly he is reacting, but he's more physical willingly. And I think that was a big sign. He had eight tackles today. Second, to Roquan Smith, he had that forced fumble and he was Johnny on the spot in the end zone, the deflection, by Kendall Vildor, who had a very good day too, I think. I have to look at the tape closer, but he did flash in a positive way for a change. And I think that Eddie Jackson being able to pluck that out of midair was a big turnover for the Bears at a key time.
3: Well, David and Eddie was asked in the postgame locker room if he feels pretty fortunate that the ball is starting to find him again. He said, "Listen, like I'm finding the ball, right? Like you prepare, and when you play with hustle, when you play with intensity, and you expect your teammates to make plays, and you're flying around, all of a sudden the deflected pass is right there for you, right? And so I think that's notable in terms of the buy-in to this new staff. He's played under a lot of different defensive coaching staffs in his career, and and just the ability to to fly around and put yourself in position to make a play was obvious there because that was a, a big moment early in this football game."
2: Last point regarding the secondary. I felt like with Jaquan Brisker having a pretty strong game, flashing in a couple plays, you had Eddie. You didn't have uh, Jalen Johnson, as you pointed out, but you had uh, Kyler Gordon had a few shaky moments. But overall, Vildor taking a step forward. The communication getting better, that's going to help guys like Roquan Smith as well. It wasn't great against the Packers, as we would hear, and that's important too. The secondary, as it progresses and matures, is going to be, a factor positively and not just negatively where it's a liability and gets picked on. I think you saw today how they can make an impact.
3: No question about it. Right. And now you're just looking for, for guys that can be a part of your program. And on the defensive side of the ball, I think you and I agree that there's not a ton of worry, right? Like you see something coming together here. You see guys, they're going to have to make upgrades and talent over the, you know, the course of the next few years, but they're playing fairly well right now now offensively it's a, a totally different ball game and I wish there was one week where I could uh, go home and and, and launch into in my quarterback rewatch with some eagerness to do it I just this is going to be kind of an ugly experience again to to go through the the 17 pass attempts the five sacks some of the tuck and runs and and figure out what the heck's going wrong
2: all right we're going to wrap it up anything else you want to add quickly before we go
3: well, just to, to your point, it's really nice to have a kicker you can rely on, right? You, yeah. the, games like this don't get away when you've got a veteran kicker who's confident. And so the, the two weeks ago worry about the monsoon misses from Cairo Santos are, are now in the rearview mirror because he's back in his groove and, and making kicks when they count.
2: He's Dan Witter. He's at Soldier Field, finishing up his writing duties. I am at home after rushing here, after writing there. Uh, (laughs) It was a fun game to cover, frankly, with Lovey Smith back in town and just some few housekeeping things. You can find Dan's column and his reporting at chicagotribune.com. It will be all over the website tonight and in the morning. You can find my column on the game at 670thscore.com, and it will be there along with Dan Bernstein's and other observations from uh, Chris Emma. Uh, and other people who cover the game. We will be back here at Take the North Pod on Tuesday morning, previewing the 2-1 and Bears next game against the Giants, another winnable one. They probably won't face a team that's more beatable than the one they just defeated today. Right. (laughs) But the Giants, uh, they're no slouch, but it's it's also a game that you feel like you can make some headway and, and make some progress. We will be here all week for you. Download the pod. Take the North Pod on Twitter. It's at Dan Weiderer on Twitter. And I'm at David Haw. For Adam Stadzinski. For Dan Weeder I'm David Haw. Thank you for downloading and listening and reacting with us after the Bears 23 to 20 victory over the Texans.